Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor at FightfulWrestling.com. Go there to get all of your wrestling news. Follow us at Fightful Wrestle and at Fightful Online. Lots of good stuff over there. Lots of exclusives from the Fightful Wrestling Weekly to uh, match ratings to statistics pieces. Got tons of interviews over there. Uh, we have a lot of great exclusive series at Fightful. And we have that premium service, FightfulSelect.com. If you want news a little bit earlier, Maybe you want extra podcasts. We dropped a WrestleMania 3 retro show. Maybe you want my match ratings early. There are lots of options over there right now. Go check it out. Our subscriber base has doubled over the last couple of months. Uh, almost daily, I'm updating uh, news and notes. So take a look over there. But tonight, it is March 4th, 2019. I am joined by one Alex Palowski. Alex, how you doing? Well, it's uh, I think it was negative eleven here. It's Ooh. it's it's March, which which where I come from used to be spring. Happy but, daylight savings week. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be good. So yeah, we we got our one of our toughest snows of the year yesterday, actually. Oh yeah, how much was that? Um, one to three. All right, it's decent, inches, it's decent, inches. Decent. We ain't on the metric system out here, but <laughs> raw to talk about tonight. We are here after SmackDown. We're here after Fastlane this weekend. So make sure you tune in to Tuesday's show because we are making our predictions uh, after the SmackDown review. Overall, Alex, what do you think of this show? I thought there was some, some decent and some bad and some weird, but there is nothing that I am going to look at on this show and say, man, I remember this raw for that moment. Yeah. Uh, well, I I might remember it for certain moments, but not in a great way. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no. This is uh, this is where they're just starting to like scramble. It's like, oh, uh, what am I going to have those two uh, guys from Weekend Update be the co-hosts of WrestleMania? We should probably like have them on Raw or something because nobody knows who they are. We should probably do that. Also, we should probably have them on for half of the show. Like, it's just weird things they do. That, that's that plus like. Oh, uh, we got to hurry up and, and book a shield reunion. Like, do it in one night. Okay, how are we going to get that done? Also, let's find the most convoluted way to get back around to that three that uh, three way that we thought we were going to have a month ago. Let's do it again, but in an entirely different way. It just feels like they're they're just throwing again, throwing everything out there and seeing what sticks. Now, full disclosure, guys, it was announced today that Tori Wilson would be going into the Hall of Fame. Credit to WrestleVotes for breaking that story, contrary to what WWE says. And I told Alex earlier this afternoon, Alex, we are going to make a case for Tori Wilson in the Hall of Fame. And he said, maybe you are. <laughs> and I said, no, I won't really, but let, let's play devil's devil's advocate. I'm told this was a Vince McMahon call. No big surprise there. No, no big surprise at all. So, so how if we're making this case, how do you do it? Because you know, there's a lot of she trailblazed and she did this and that. I, I'm not on that boat. I don't think that she was some outstanding trailblazer that opened up opportunities for a lot of people. I really, really don't. Uh, I, I don't see that. But if, if we have to make a case, let's go ahead and make one. She wrestled in WCW and WWE, which, which I think, which I think is probably the bare minimum. She won the first and only eggnog match over Stacey Keebler. A feather in anyone's cap. 
She also won a paddle on a pole spanking match. If you remember that historic moment. I you know what? I don't. <laughs> she and Tori Wells or she and Stacey Keebler defeated Jacqueline. She has a 61% winning percentage in the ring. Well, what else? That. Yeah. What else uh, you got? I, she she was a part of a couple of firsts. Yeah. The first uh, battle royals. Yes. I will say that uh 1998 version of me thought that she might have been the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen. You know what I mean? Like it was there was a certain thing like wow, what was did they create her in a lab? Now I don't know if that means you're a hall of famer. I mean it's like 21 years ago and you know she still looks great. I'll say that. And she obviously has has, you know, I'm not there's no asparage I'm casting no asparagements toward Tori Wilson. I will say that if you said here, here's here's a list of all women who have been in WWE who are not yet in the Hall of Fame. Who are your top five to make the Hall of Fame? I'm I'm guaranteeing you I would not have chosen Tori Wilson. No, I, I, I'm not I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve it or whatever, or, but I, I, what I am saying is this is a really good argument for Kelly Kelly in 2021. The GOAT, Kelly Kelly, <laughs> who revolutionized the Thez press. Yeah. <laughs> now the thing is. Am I upset about this? No. I'm not upset it's, about it's it. It's the Hall of Fame. It is what it is. It, I, I think it was Liver Leaves that tweeted and said, a lot of people act like this ends, like the Hall of Fame is over once somebody that they don't like is in, and that's definitely not the case. I just never saw it, man. Yeah. I never saw it. Of course, there is some memorable stuff. The For better or for worse, the Don Marie, Al Wilson stuff is remembered. Yes. Although I, I don't know to what degree that is – remembered i mean i I mean i don't i don't know details but i remember her in a david flair storyline at wcw that was my first uh introduction to her in that that realm uh i'm like wait listen if if you're if you're if that's your big thing is you're latching onto a david flair storyline i mean i don't know if you want to tell me which i mean is stacy keebler in the hall of fame yet because I, i probably would have gone with her first, oh, I probably, I probably, yeah. I mean, the first thing, it's like, ah, who cares? But yeah, yeah there's Molly Holly, there's Lay Cool, there's Eve Torres. Even yeah. she was a three-time Divas Champion. I would definitely have gone with Molly Holly before a Tori Wilson. Just saying. But again, fine. It listen, it's not like there's like an actual physical Hall of Fame that I can walk through the hallowed halls of and take a look at all the busts of all the people and, you know, reflect deeply on what they meant to our sport. It's just a thing. Like, it's just a thing that they say, and then she's going to come out. Someone's going to introduce her. She's going to have something to say. But it'll it'll happen long before that night we have DX all come out. They all all crotch shop. You know, it's it's whatever. It's fine. Yeah, I... It is what it is. I mean, yeah. people people that are trying to make it like for some reason her in ring is what led to it. That ain't the case. Mandy Rose by the end of April will have wrestled in more matches in her career than Tori Wilson did. Yeah. And if you eliminate some of the you're talking ring time, that was passed a long time ago. Her and Sonya passed that long ago. But that's far from the only news today. We had uh WWE Raw. Roman Reigns comes out says that last week was the comeback, and this week he takes his yard back. And you kind of feel the way that it was going. You you felt like it was him saying, oh, get me in at WrestleMania. Now, from one perspective, the universal title perspective, which he never lost, that's understandable. If it's uh, beating Brock Lesnar, I don't get that because he beat Brock Lesnar. But Brock Lesnar happens to have that championship that he won. However, when he brings out Seth Rollins to a great pop, by the way, and a good Roman chance, too, Reigns says that's not what he wants. What he wants is to reform the shield. This gets a good pop, and man, have they went back to the well on this one way too many times. Now, granted, there were a few times they just couldn't help it. From the mumps to injuries to 
goddamn leukemia. You can't predict this stuff. Nope. What did you think when they said that they were getting the band back together, Alex? Well, I I thought that Seth had a good reaction to it. He was like, no, man. After what he did on the night that he did it, I don't know if I can forgive that. Which makes absolute sense from a human perspective. And Roman being like, yeah, but we don't know what's going on with him. And if he's leaving, I got to have the guys back together, my brothers together with me in the ring one more time. And Seth's reaction to that of, you're right. We don't know what the future is going to hold. We don't know if this could all end with an injury or whatever tomorrow. So life's too short. Let's do it one more time. You and me and Dean. This this actually all lays out logically to that point, you know, like the the as as weirdly thrown together as a shield reunion after lest we forget Dean turned heel on Seth after they won the tag titles on the night that Roman announced he had leukemia. And that was only what? 5 months ago? Yeah. Like like it's not like it's ancient history. They erased all of that somehow and made it work in one night. Okay, good, good for you. I mean, that's the be- that's the best thing that happened on Nice Raw. I'll tell you that. Ambrose's contract was brought up, yeah, which was different. And I'm yeah, I'm told that it's Roman and Roman alone that is going to be the deciding factor, and it, it's his push that will change that if it gets changed. Uh, but finally, Seth agrees. Ambrose had came out to to a bigger pop and got cracked over the back by Elias. I thought that was a great way to set up their match later on. Yes, uh, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I it's an it's an interesting thing of of the the Elias being involved with Dean, but not being involved kind of, but not really with the trio that they're going to face on Sunday. It's a weird kind of a. a Okay, fine. I'm I'm into it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, again, I guess it was Dean interrupted Elias, and that was the one time that Elias decided he was going to have a blood feud with somebody over it. Okay, I'm not going to yes. question it too much. It was the the straw that broke the camel's back. Alex. Yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> About an hour later, Ambrose finds Reigns like in the goddamn boiler room or something. I don't know where they're at, but Reigns is like, "We got to stop meeting like this," and I'm like, "Sir, what?" <laughs> I, 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 what he said was, I thought we let, we stopped hanging out in places like this a few years ago. And I thought it was a cute touch, you know, because they used to do all those backstage, like shaky yeah. cam promos. But, uh, oh, yeah, you're fun. right. Listen, here's the deal I, I will say this Man Bun, Roman Reigns, just hanging out in his merch in the ring. That guy is so much more likable than, you know, than body armor. Tag vest, uh, big dog. Yeah, wet hair hanging out everywhere. Like, it was forcing it. Like, this guy just being chill, I totally would hang out with that guy. The other dude, the big dog, that guy, come on. Yeah, man. I can't get behind anybody that wears fingerless gloves. <laughs> Rollins finds Ambrose later and says that brothers fight and that they are wrestling soulmates. To which Ambrose replies with... Man, you want to talk about the biggest rejection. Telling somebody they're your soulmate and they say, sorry, I'm preoccupied. I can't reform our wildly popular stable. (laughs) That is the equivalent of I'm washing my hair that night, if I have ever heard it. He even even quotes Hall & Oates. He says, no can do. God damn it. (laughs) Backstage, Leo Rush, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and... uh, Bobby Lashley are interviewed, and they, they take a crap on half of the babyface roster. The Shield, <laughs> Angle, Balor, all that. Anybody they can fit in. Yeah. Any, anybody who's higher on the totem pole than walks around backstage in a Michael Che and Colin Jost promo, those guys got it from, bra, from, uh, from Baron and Bobby and Drew. They sure did. In the match, it was Lashley, Corbin, and McIntyre defeating Balor, Kurt Angle, and Braun Strowman. Strowman choke shoves Corbin over the top rope. Man, this new camera angle, I'm really able to <laughs> accentuate choke shoves. Now in 4K VR, the Fightful Podcast. Um, and sends him into the guardrail. 
this match is cut, copy, paste, all that stuff. It is. Yeah. Babyface takes over. Babyface gets cut off. Commercial. Hot tag after the commercial. Any tag match that goes two segments, more than two segments, does that. Yeah. And that's what we get. With the one exception of the highlight being uh, Strowman and Balor hit their finishes on Corbin. And then Leo Rush yanks Balor out. Braun runs around the ring. Lashley moves. And Leo gets mowed down. Yeah. And I tweeted, whatever heat he had needs to go away yeah. backstage. Yeah. He took one for the team. This was the modern day Bill Alfonso bleeding himself to death in a match with Beulah. Because this is about as close as you're going to get to that. That Leo Rush ate it. Yeah. Leo Rush gives up 230 pounds to, to Braun Strowman. He, he gives up Elias, basically, to Braun Strowman. Like, that's that's nuts. Uh, and he just he took it, right? Full force, through the barricade. Um man that was that was nuts uh listen leo rush is great in the ring but he's not going to be for too many years if you keep making him prove himself by getting steamrolled by a 385 pound rampaging hillbilly it's just not a good idea that was insane lashley hits that terrible looking flipping spear to win i don't get it there's, the there, flip spear that he or Moose do. I don't understand it. There, there's no possible reason for it. Like physically, in the laws of physics, you would have you you force yourself to do a somersault while you're spearing somebody. Like that's not a thing your body does naturally, and it doesn't make the spear hit harder. It's just a, it's just a dumb flourish that make that adds nothing to anything. It takes away. The reason is, is because you can't have two guys on the roster both doing a regular spear. Like, you know, how, how if you're playing 2K19 and you're, and, you're, and you're going between two spears, how will you know which one to assign your creator wrestler of Bobby Lashley? So I'll compare this to a move that Adam Page does. Adam Hangman Page, I've interviewed him several times, have an exclusive up on Fightful right now with him, actually where he lets us know that he did not inform his family that he would be hauled off by penis druids at all in. A shock, I'm sure. But he does a shooting star shoulder block off the apron in which very clearly slows his momentum. A regular shoulder block off the apron would increase that. What Lashley does only serves to slow his momentum. I don't know how... Why wouldn't... If he was going to do that, why wouldn't he just cannonball them standing up i I don't quite get it but hey the heels then beat up balor really bad choke slamming him onto steel stairs they gotta book these guys so heavy on heat because they spent the first month of this new fan-friendly era beating these guys so much they had they spent a month and a half having dolph ziggler get over on drew mcintyre a bunch of times that he didn't need because where has Dolph been since the Royal Rumble? Apparently, he wasn't lying about that hiatus. Yeah, no, he's he's doing comedy. Um, uh, listen, uh, we 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 we've talked about this ad nauseum. I I I cannot believe how white hot of a giant monster baby face versus a giant monster heel who shows no fear of that baby face. They had Bruin in November just as Roman went on the shelf. Like, you could have run Braun versus Drew in just brutal hoss battles for uh, several months, and just now their feud would be cooling off. But instead, you nerfed both of them, and now you've, you've got this point where, like, we'll talk about this later, Braun's probable WrestleMania match is really... Really, really not going to be great. And Drew's playing second fiddle to Baron Corbin in a in a stable that you know also includes Bobby Lashley. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they did here. Just throw them together, man. Just throw yeah. them together. I don't. I don't understand it. Today, I learned that Colin Jost of SNL wore regular clothes, something I had never seen before. 
Uh, he and Michael Shea are backstage with Stephanie McMahon. They're going to be WrestleMania correspondents. I don't know what that means. If that no. means that they are backstage, and I have reached out to WWE. Usually, that's the type of thing that WWE's PR just immediately, as soon as it happens on screen, they're in my inbox with a, a statement. Uh, SNL stars to service correspondents have not heard yet. Uh, I've been told that this is not the return of guest hosts. It's yeah. not going to be a regular thing. Michael Shea Babyfaces, who legitimately has one of the best stand-up comedies I've seen in recent memory, Colin Jost Heels. Now, while some of their material was flat-out stupid, I thought both of these delivered it in a pro-wrestling way about as best they could. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, there was a thing like the, the idea that I think over the weekend, Jost made on Weekend Update made some Bryce Harper crack, and then he you know, played it up that he was the anti-Philadelphia guy. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. That's fine. Uh, he, the joke was Bryce Harper signed a $330 million contract, which finally answered the question, how much do you have to pay somebody to live in Philadelphia? There you go. That's, there, yeah. there you go. That's, that's what they did. They that's, run into EC3, who is still not allowed to talk. Hey, at least tonight on main event, he won. He did win. So, so, so that's, um, there, that's there are something. a lot of people in WWE who are not happy about what's happening with EC3. A lot. <laughs> I would, I would assume EC3 is part of that, but <laughs> I wouldn't know. But uh, Titus meets uh, Michael Shea, takes a picture with him, and then we see No Way Jose. Michael Shea uh, teases dancing with them, but Colin Joe says that they have to remain impartial. Colin then offers to go to the bathroom with Michael Shea to watch his back. That was probably the line that made me go, all right, that was kind of funny. Uh, but what I didn't think was funny, and several people that I talked to backstage did not think was funny, was the line that Colin Jost was given when Braun Strowman approached him, where he says, is this real? Because over the last week in particular, between Ronda Rousey's ill-advised tweets, Triple H's promo, and this... I don't like this, man. No, no, no. Listen, the thing is, is that uh, I don't like it either. But It ain't Deadpool. Yes. But, um, I mean, wouldn't Colin Jost have that question if he had been paying attention to anything that was going on in WWE over the past week? He'd be like, well, wait, I I thought this was, this was all real, but then, then all I got, you got people talking about how, it, how it's fake, and you guys, they, they work here. It's kind of weird, huh? Um yeah. Which which is fine. Then, of course, um, Braun Strowman, you know, lifts him up and chokes him against a wall for several minutes through an entire commercial break. Then drops him afterwards, no. and Colin Jost no sells being choked out for five straight well, minutes. Well, to to me, that's better. He mm-hmm. he has to because you know the only way that he couldn't is if he did anything, because he would be dead. He'd be dead. So the only thing that we can assume is that Braun held him up there. Because, Alex, far be it from me to say that I am an expert, but I've watched my fair share of investigation discovery. (laughs) Three minutes is murder territory. Yeah, No, it's not going to happen. Like, you don't accidentally strangle somebody. That's not something that happens. And anybody that has used that excuse, cops are immediately like, Oh no! Yeah, yeah. This ain't a little like oh my gosh he went to sleep in a UFC fight after eight seconds. You gotta hold it. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a certain stick-to-itiveness that you need in order to choke someone to death. Yeah. Well, what I will assume is that Braun held him up there by his mandibles. Yes. And did a modified Tongan death grip to yes. where Colin Jost couldn't break free. Yes. Yeah. I don't like the fourth wall breaking. I don't need that in my wrestling. No, and and I, I had people comparing it to CM Punk. CM Punk didn't look at the camera and say, hey, it's fake. He said, hi, Colt Cabana. Yeah. A guy who he knew who was a wrestler right. in the world of wrestling. Like, it's not yeah. the same. After the chokeout thing, um, Braun says pointedly to Colin Jost, see you guys at WrestleMania. And then Colin Jost says to Michael Che, he's going to be at WrestleMania, which to me, there's a, there's a reason why they said it that way. I, I think 
I think it's going to be Braun versus the Weekend Update guys in a match at WrestleMania. It might be Braun and Nicholas. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're laying the in. smack down. And... <sighs> I mean, if, if that's the case, I mean, like how, like, how much further would they have to go for Braun to make, like, the, the top guy on the list of people that were just not ever capitalized on? That would be real bad. And like, usually I like to reserve judgment, but man. But I mean, like, but you I mean we watch this product enough. Hey. When, when they when they when they are scripted to say, see at WrestleMania, he's gonna be at WrestleMania, at the very least, they're doing something at WrestleMania, whether or not it's a match. Hey, you know what? I said this last year when they didn't have anything for Braun, I'll say it this year. You put Braun in the Battle Royal, and he literally eliminates everybody. Yeah, and fine. then those two dorks come out and get thrown out by Braun. Sure. I'll live with it. Yeah, I'll live with fine. it. <sighs> Natalia defeated Ruby Riot. This was kind of a squash. There was a chin lock from Ruby and a sharpshooter by Natalia. Then a small package and a reversal into another small package. That's the whole match. Don't know why the sharpshooter didn't end it. Because... What, they're going to run this back? We had Tyron Woodley this past weekend. Got molly-whopped by Kamaru Usman. 25 minutes. Tyron Woodley won zero seconds of that fight. This week he's saying rematch. I say, why? Why? So, we're going to look at this one-minute match. And what, they're going to run back Ruby Riot and Natalia sometime soon, probably. Why? Just just because. Because it ended so quickly that... Oh, well, no, tough shit. That's a pinfall. Well, that that's that is how uh, uh, Ruby's getting all of her rematches recently. Yeah. She she lost to, to to Ronda in like two minutes, and then the next night got a rematch and and actually held her own for a while. Maybe that'll happen next week. Future WrestleMania Battle Royal winner Lacey Evans comes out and walks around and leaves. <laughs> again, yeah. again, like we're worth us. Sp- Talking about it, by the way, Oscar at a live event tonight yeah, dropped man. on her head. A lot of people rushed to judgment, man. I haven't seen video. I haven't so seen video of it either. Not going to say it's somebody's fault. I had somebody say, oh, Mandy's not experienced. Mandy's been wrestling for four years. She's got over 250 matches. She, she can work. She's just fine. Uh, we're told that Asuka is – She, I guess she tweeted and said she was fine, but we were told ahead of that that it was uh, pretty much precautionary although there was some concern on the Raw side of things. But uh, there's no heat on Mandy Rose. There is no punishment coming. Honest mistake, it's so, yeah. uh, so it, it seems. It, 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 it does, just to me, throw into um, uh, stark relief how the SmackDown Women's Championship is just this thing that exists somewhere else and is certainly not at all important. Um. Like, uh, I'm not, we'll talk at length uh, at the end of the show about um, what they're doing with the Raw Women's Championship. But if they had just done the thing where Wrestler X wins Royal Rumble, chooses the person she faces, they have a match. And on the other side, you have Charlotte challenging Asuka, and that's it. And that's all they're going to do. Then I'm assuming Charlotte's working this match with Asuka because she's been working with Asuka several times over the past week anyway at live events. Like, Charlotte's not, you know, at Philadelphia. She's doing the live event wherever they're doing the live event. It's just a weird deal how all this this sure. kind of, like, all kind of melds together. We see Batista from an Instagram post uh, saying that he won't be there tonight. We were told originally this is going to be, like, a live via satellite thing or, or a via satellite video, and they're just, like, Post it on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Triple H says that last week was about Richard Fleer. What about Richard Fleer Ultra, <laughs> Alex? I, I prefer a little baseball upper, card humor for you. I prefer Richard Upper Deck. You know what? Maybe maybe a Bowman's Best. Possibly. Those, yeah. those were trash, you know, to be honest yeah, with you. You, know, you, you got to go with the classic, Richard Tops. Well played. He said he's been there uh, for Rick when he almost died and when his son did. They just love bringing up that Reed died, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, it's it's uh, it's morbid. 
Like, I don't think you need to ever bring that guy. I mean, it's a tragedy. We don't need to actually ever use it for content. Triple H says that whenever Batista feels like he doesn't get respect or what he wants, he quits. And this time he couldn't quit, so he beat up a 70-year-old man. I thought that was the best part of this promo. Yeah. It, it was rooted in truth because we have seen Batista leave a couple of times. Although, if you're trying to root this in reality, we also know that Batista has tried to come back several times even to work live event loops. But I like the accentuating the positive, hiding the negative in that. Him saying that when Batista didn't feel like he got respect, he left. When he didn't get things his way, he left. And now he couldn't leave again because he wasn't there. I think maybe that that kind of does lend some credibility to WWE's side of things. Like, hey, this guy left us twice. Why are we bringing him back again? Even though we've seen that happen time and time again. I want to know what you thought about this before we got get into the, the end of this promo. Uh, I, I listen again. Uh, everything you said is correct. Uh, they they found a way to tell that side of the story of uh, Batista being the bad guy here, um, uh, and obviously, it seems obvious to me uh, th- through the the actions of last week and through this promo, they're telling the story that Dave is the heel of in this program with 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 Triple H, which. I did not think it was going to be a deal. Like everyone's going to be happy to see Dave back. Um, it's the, it's this movie star who's coming back, who's choosing to come back and and be on TV again. We love you, Dave Batista. We're, we're we're cheering you. Boo that guy, Triple H. He didn't want you to come back. We wanted you to come back four years ago, and he wouldn't let you. We're booing him. But they switched the whole thing over by having uh, Batista attack Flair and having Triple H deliver this really well uh, crafted promo. So we'll we'll see if Dave has has a rebuttal that makes it seem like maybe there's some shades of gray and you get to choose who you want to believe and who you want to root for. But right now, there's Dave is absolutely wearing the black hat and the red sunglasses. When he's on Raw or when he's on SmackDown, when, when he's, he's on, on Raw, when he's on Raw, he's blue. Because Dave, big Dave, he always zigs where others zag. I'm telling you. I did not like Triple H saying, this ain't about characters. I'm like, my... Yeah, come on, man. What are we doing here? Got over like a fart in church, too, for them to use that line. I wonder how much of that is covering for Rhonda not knowing you can't do that stuff. So they're saying, like, oh, we're gonna make it okay by having Triple H do it too. Yeah. And therefore it's a new it's a new direction we're going with the company, not this person we've decided to entrust our entire women's division to, not knowing it's... This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's not cool to say things are fake or not fake. You know what I mean? Like maybe if Triple H does it, that all of a sudden it's a whole new way we're thinking about sports entertainment as opposed to just this one woman went rogue on Twitter. Yes, I would. I am inclined to completely agree with you. Uh, that's, that's what I think. That's, that's just the way that I, I think it, it went. Oh, boy. 
Heavy Machinery is backstage with Charlie Caruso. And they are shown videos of the Ascension B team and the Major Brothers talking shit about them. This was written to be bad. The jokes yeah. were. Yeah, I'm sure. But they were not good. No, this was not, not a good segment. That it was so bad. Otis's feelings are hurt, and he wasn't overly gimmicky or anything like that. But that that was the best part of it was that Otis showed a human side instead of. Water! <laughs> like, we didn't have that out of him. He acted like a human being. Like, woof. That was okay. Um, then, Heavy Machinery beat all three of these teams consecutively. The, Axel flossed. They made him They made him DDT bow. They hit a compactor to win. Connor posts himself. Gets pinned. No heat for this. Uh, Ryder and Hawkins were the highlight of this. They had some good double-team offense and just some good offense in general. Otis does a great pop-up front power slam that I loved. That was a real good move. Yep. And uh, he wins with the Caterpillar. Now, for uh, – first of all, what is there to say about the match? Well, I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, when we were talked about last night uh, – last, last week about uh, the ingenious uh, thing of, like, Dave has Dave Batista has to drag a cameraman over to the locker room to make sure this cameraman is there to record this thing. And then a week later, they go back to there's just a cameraman hanging out in the locker room recording all these insults. Being I'd be saying, Get off my nuts, bro. What are you doing <laughs> back here? What, uh, excuse me, the six of us are having a private conversation about how Otis is fat. Could you please? Like, I, I, again, I don't know. You could have figured out a way to make it look like security camera footage or something. Like, it's, I don't know, whatever. Then, um, in the actual gauntlet, it's little things like this. Like, it just makes storytelling cleaner. Last week, the only people that came out and insulted uh, Heavy Machinery were the Ascension. The Ascension did the most insulting of it in their hidden camera backstage in the locker room insult video. Why aren't the Ascension the final team in the gauntlet? That makes clean storytelling sense. They're the big bullies. They're the ones who got the, the major brothers and, and, uh, and the B team who are just normally kind of, you know, gen, you know generally kind of nice guys. But under the influence of the big bullies, the Ascension, they joined in as well. The big bullies are, should be the guys who get, who get pinned last and decisively as opposed to like the guys in the middle who, you know, were also there. It's just little things like that that just make storytelling cleaner. I don't understand why they don't do it that way. I don't know what B-Team and Ascension are even doing here at this point. No. I also, I don't know what these dudes are doing letting a cameraman in their locker room. At no. what point do you say, my goodies, my goodies, not my goodies. Get that camera out of my face and my junk. No heat for this. Uh, I've been told that Otis and Tucker are going above and beyond to try to make a good impression backstage like, helping to clean up and stuff. Things that most wrestlers at that stage don't even think to do, uh, they're offering to doing, offering to do to uh, make a good impression. So that can only be good for them. Elias trolls Philly about their hockey team. Then he beat Dean Ambrose. They go at it pretty fast to start off. Then it's commercial time, like clockwork. We come back, see some back and forth before Ambrose gains control, but his back gives out climbing the top rope. And he ate a huge knee to the face. Yes. That thing was filthy, Alex. It's great. Um, uh, and uh, immediately following, uh, if memory serves, the drift away was tight. That was a, a really great uh, finishing uh, move that they were used at that point. I mean, I've seen it. It's looked, it looks good most of the time. It looked great in, that, in this match. And put him away. Clean. Which is, I mean, like... Elias can never get a clean victory, and Elias actually gets a clean victory, so that's good. Uh, but it, I don't. Uh, it's a weird thing. If Dean's leaving, if uh, Dean, if it's decided, <laughs> Dean is leaving. He's going to have the one last match with his boys on Sunday, so he's going to keep putting over people, except for EC three that one time. 
Like, okay, that's fine. But uh, are we continuing with storyline? But because it, it did, Dean did not look great in defeat. I mean, yes, his back gave out, and we can't discount that. But uh, it was it, it seemed seemed quick. It sure was, and, and a lot of this was during a commercial as well. True. That knee and that drift away were works of art. Yeah, great. Elias has a couple of really good tools. I just I don't want him to eventually become Baron Corbin, where he can't get any like Baron Corbin's got some go away heat, like which is a shame because the man has a couple of moves that should carry him through most matches. The deep six, the End of days, those are a couple of really good moves. That punch he does when people jump off the apron, those are good moves. Yeah, you 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 could have done some really great stuff with him coming out of being fired as the general manager, of being like, you guys gave me this job. Everything I did, I ran by you, and you're throwing me under the bus? Nah, screw that. And make him like this anti-establishment, doesn't care about anybody, will fight anyone you put in the ring with him takes out guys as fast as he can because he's not there to win style points. He just wants to put people, put people down. They can go back to like the biker thing, whatever. You could have done something with him that wasn't like, hey, I got fired from Chili's, but I'm still wearing the uniform. Like, I don't understand what that is. You could do something with him, but you're not doing anything with him. So Ambrose is joined by Rollins and Rain, Reigns, rather, in time for another commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Some awkward commercial placements on this show. Yeah, yeah. Music hits. Lashley and Drew were with them, and they uh, troll the shield. The heels attack, and Ambrose makes the save. Wouldn't be that shield reunion without camera cut, camera cut, zoom. Oh, God. Some of the worst I've seen it in a long time. The angle of you got Roman and Seth in the foreground, and they put the fists together, and in the back, just Back and forth, pacing like a like a caged panther, is Ambrose, and he 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 goes back and forth in and out of in and out of view because he's behind the two guys, and then he just strides forward and puts his fist out. And then, if they had just had the discipline to stay in that shot for the d- duration of it, instead of six camera cuts, it would have yeah. been so dramatic and really cool looking. But as it was, they kind of missed it because they had to catch up. When he started moving forward, they were all they were in the wrong camera angle, and they had to like switch over. You guys are just shooting yourselves in the foot with this production. It was real rough. Uh, after some hesitation, the shield is back together for a fourth time. Good pop from the crowd, but I'm, I'm almost numb to it at this point. Alex, yeah, no, I mean, again, it's it's, it's absolutely true. Um, uh, I'm. Uh, you guys break up and get back together, but you're friends, but you're not together because um, one of you is on a different show, and like it's it's weird. Like they, I know, I, I I feel reasonably confident in saying that if Roman doesn't get the mumps or whatever the hell that was that one time, they might have had an extended run where they were back together for a while. But that kind of just like put the kibosh on it entirely. It felt like they were building to something, and then whoops, nope. And I don't know if the if the leukemia thing would have had that as well. It felt like it was more like Seth and Dina together, and Roman's doing his own thing. But that time where it was, I think it was uh, TLC two years ago. Um, it felt like they were all prime for a real run, and then pff, fell apart. Yeah. So this one, it's like, all right, they'll be back for fast lane, and then, then what? I guess we'll find out. But yeah, I, I am desensitized to it. And this one has a little bit, but I'm like, man, it, it is a bummer because they were one of the best stables. Period. They they were incredible, and what WWE should have had out of these three wasn't yeah. because of their inability to adapt or refusal to adapt. Not inability. I think they were completely able to adapt but they didn't so uh i guess we'll see how that works tamina defeated sasha banks tamina runs through sasha early and i (laughs) when tamina whiffs on moves alex (laughs) it is one of the funniest goddamn things i've ever seen that headbutt (laughs) oh my god 
This was Tamina's first televised singles win since November 12th. Bank statement is applied, but Banks has to meteora Nia when she attacks Bailey. Nia then grabs Sasha Foot so Tamina can hit a rough looking super kick for the win. You know, they're building towards a match Sunday. There's not a lot to this match. It was fine in execution, but what did it mean? Not a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, if you're telling me that uh, over the two weeks leading up to Fastlane, they're going to have two singles matches. If you told me that Bailey's going to beat Nia and Tamina's going to beat Sasha, I'd be like, no, you have that backwards, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, fine. listen, they're keeping us on our toes. Yes, but, I can appreciate that. But there's no – they're keeping us on our toes in the most – inconsequential way possible because I don't care if it's actually Bayla who Bailey who loses to Naya and Sasha who beats Tamina. Sasha and Bailey are winning on Sunday because they're walking into WrestleMania with the tag straps. They're not not doing that. So okay, great. Let's let's move on. Maybe the match this Sunday will be better than I think it's going to be. Um but let's let's I I want to see an actual tag match for the belts. With the women, we haven't seen that yet because there's, I don't think there's been an actual defense since they won it in the chamber and nobody actually tagged anybody in at the chamber. That is a good point. Um, I'm inclined to believe that a Sasha Banks pay-per-view match is going to be good. Yeah. Because I don't know that that she's going to let it be bad. <laughs> I think Tamina might, might, uh, might, might have like, something to say about that. She might. She might. Challenge accepted. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sasha, oh, and they, they technically have defended the, the tag team titles. Oh, right. On the, the live event circuit, they've yes, defended yes. it six times against yeah. the riots. Actually, yeah, six times against the riot squad. So I didn't yeah, see why I, There though. you go. Yeah. Huh? I didn't see any of those, though. I want them on yeah. TV. Speaking of the women's division, I think we'd be remiss to not Talk about the report that emerged today. Wrestling Inc. reported that Arn Anderson was fired after okaying Alicia Fox to perform under the influence of alcohol nearly a month ago. When I heard this, I said, yeah, that'll get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was told by a source that maybe he got it cleared by a second person as well and that uh, Alicia Fox has been offered rehab but didn't go. And that's not a good thing. She uh, did not make a good impression last year, WrestleMania weekend, when she had some some issues with fans and Ronda Rousey's husband. And you guys can say what you want about Ronda Rousey's husband. You won't hear a lot of people saying negative things about him as it pertains to WWE because the, the man minds his P's and Q's from what I understand. Then I was told that a couple of years ago she was in line for a pretty solid push, showed up to a show late, and uh, several wrestlers have reached out to her and haven't really heard back. But um, any thoughts on this, Alex? The substance abuse is always really touchy because you don't know how much of it is somebody just being completely in control of what they're doing and just choosing to screw up, or if they actually have a real problem and they and they're they're not in a place where they can acknowledge that they need to get help. And they're also not in a place where they can stop themselves from making those mistakes. So that's always really difficult, but Arn, you gotta know unless Arn's also drunk, you can't make that decision, man. Like you can't, you can't let somebody go out there. I mean, a like, they could they could be a danger to themselves and be a danger to their partner. You can't you can't just let somebody go out there and do that, especially if a, a live event and an Alicia Fox match. It's not like the you know people would be like, "Hey, wait, I was I, refund. I demand a refund. I did not see Alicia Fox versus Dana Brooke." Yeah, like you know, like you've got to make better decisions than that all around. But I don't I don't know what what Alicia's story is. We've talked about this. We always talk whenever she's on on screen. She's a, she's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, if if part of that is that you know because I know a lot. I know the alcoholics that I have known 
and I don't I don't want to say that that's what she is, but the alcoholics and the people who have had problems with alcohol are usually like really fun to be around and can can turn it off and off and on and be great, you know, if they're if they're just you know living with it or whatever, but they're not actually under the influence of something, you know, who knows? But it, it would be a, a damn shame if she, if the captain didn't get to make a, a return, but I, I hope she gets um, uh, all the help that she needs. Yeah. A lot of people said, Oh, why don't they fire her? Well, I think they're, they wanted to offer help. I think that's, that's the, the first she, and foremost. She's, it's not like she's been there for a year. Like she's been there for a long time. I think that she's she's you know may have burned a bridge or two, but she's got a lot of people there who care about her and would probably want her to see if they could get her help before they kick her to the curb. I hope things get better for her. I really do because that that could have been a very dangerous situation. Yeah, Alistair Black and Ricochet have a very generic promo, as is tradition. Because you know that when when they got called up, I thought you know what'll get them over, mic time. Forget EC three. What he needs is some silent posing. But what Ricochet and Alistair Black need is mic time. Man, this just made me so sad. Like, because these two guys are just friggin' dynamic. And you have them backstage cutting generic babyface, we want to be champions promos. It's just, it's not at all who they've been in NXT. And, you know, it, it, also, it's a, I mean, I, I I get it. They're they're also teaming in the Dusty Classic uh, uh, down in NXT, so at least there's some continuity between the two levels. But these guys are former champions in singles competition in NXT. I want to see them in 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 actual really great singles matches, and not like, hey, you guys are both new. You have nothing in common. Let's put you in a tag team. And have you vault immediately to the top of the tag division? It, it's it's a weird deal. It sure is. And we got a tag team title match. And all things considered, when I saw this, I was like, "All right, sure, okay." But this followed more in the formula of the last week of TV. It was a very short match. We're not. It doesn't seem like we're getting these long matches, Mm-mm. these twenty twenty five minute matches, and. Hey, that can be okay with me. I think we need them here and there. Right. I I, I would like to see a 20, 25-minute match um, between the Revival actually sure. being able to be the Revival and Aleister Black and Ricochet. That could be a lot of fun. But instead, when they decide, hey, we're going to give 25, 40 minutes of actual runtime to this match, the match it's going to be is a six-man tag involving Baron Corbin. Like, that's the match they choose to give all the runtime to. So. Well, Dawson has a great leg drop and elbow drop. I just wanted to throw that in there because there, yes. wasn't, there wasn't a lot else. Ricochet gets his offense. Um, right flattens Dawson. Running head scissors takes him out of the ring. But Rudin Gable came out and attacked the Revival for the DQ. Uh, what'd you make of this? If, if we get a triple threat, maybe? Cool. Yeah. Sure. Maybe on the pape. They gotta. Hey, they gotta have something for the pre-show. Um. So yeah. Um. I'm. Uh, yeah. This this could be good. Uh. I like the idea of Rudin Gable being kind of like entitledish, gray area heelish type guys. You know who who feel like you know maybe the new guys shouldn't vault over them to get title shots. That makes sense. I mean, and these guys also said, listen, when we got brought up from, from NXT, we didn't get the rocket strapped to our backs. Well, I mean, rude kind of did, but like they can certainly say that they weren't immediately thrust into the title picture that fast. So, you know, maybe there's something to be said for that. So th- uh, that leads to a DQ ricochet and Alistair black runoff Rudin Gable. Not a lot to it. I, I will say I'm 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 glad that they showed restraint in not taking the title belts off the revival on a raw two weeks after they won it. Yeah. But I did love that I think Dash wrote on Twitter, uh, hey, for the two week anniversary of our actually winning the titles, how about we celebrate with us getting a full on air entrance? And of course they did not get that. 
<laughs> Stephanie McMahon is interviewed backstage about Rousey laying down the title. <laughs> Becky Lynch's suspension is lifted, but in order for her to be back in action, she has to sign a hold harmless agreement after charges were dropped. So she can't sue WWE. Alex, what do you think the chances are that I can get WWE to sign a hold harmless agreement <laughs> so they can't sue Fightful? I, I, I think the chances are, are slim, slim to none. Slim slim to none. none. The uh, title being vacated got no pop. Yeah. It, in it, Philly. This was so odd because I, I feel like people were watching this going like, what? Like, oh, okay. And she's like, oh, so Becky's going to sign this agreement. And then she, who's she's still injured, then she's going to fight Charlotte this week to be, see who becomes the new champion. Like, oh, well, that wasn't what we expected. Okay, I, oh, that's that's fine, I guess. People were kind of like blindsided by this because it came out of nowhere. This was the idea. Like, again, we're going to suspend uh, Becky. Uh, my dad said we're going to suspend Becky until after WrestleMania. But just kidding. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, and Rhonda begged and also threatened me last week to lift the suspension. I did lift the suspension, but not because she told me to, because also she's not the champ anymore. It's like, you know, when you put into like Google Maps or something, and here's the route you want to take from here to here. And also they have like, here are these other possible routes you could take. And it's like, here, click this way. It's 23 minutes slower to get to your destination. And you would go, why would I take that route? No, I'll just take the quickest route from point A to point B. Well, WWE has apparently booked the Raw Women's title by clicking on that route that takes 23 minutes longer. Because I don't know why they decided to go so convoluted to get to the point where we're going to be at after Sunday. But they said, let's take the scenic route. Let's go by the old sewage treatment plant because we want to make a stop there on our way to where we're actually going. Did you know what's not hot? Here? Corporate ineptitude. Yeah, that's <laughs> not best for business. If, if that happened on Impact, we would get LOL TNA comments. Oh, yeah, we would. I mean, this was them portraying themselves as inept. And I don't know. So they announced that Lynch and Charlotte would take place for the vacant title at Fastlane. Charlotte is interviewed and says she'll put Becky Lynch on the shelf for good because she's a one-legged legged woman in an ass-kicking contest. The hilarity of two SmackDown wrestlers to being com- booked to compete for a vacant Raw championship was kind of yeah. wild. But yeah. Stephanie brings out Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Becky's here to sign it, sign the Hold Harmless Agreement, and she does. But then Ronda Rousey's here. She grabs her title back just like that. (laughs) There you go. Apologies. Uh, Had the coughs. So Ronda Rousey goes off and cuts a heel promo, says she's done pleasing the crowd. I thought that was pretty good. In Ronda's own way, it was pretty good. Because you got to lean into it after the last week. No, you you really got to. I mean, the the way that we're, we're going to get there, is you really need to have this thing where Charlotte is the person Becky's known forever and they don't like each other, uh, but really it's just more like animosity between the two of them. And then you have this other person, this outsider, who thinks the whole damn thing's a joke and she could kick anybody's ass in real life. And she's she hates the crowd now and everybody and she just wants to be known as the biggest badass ever. And she's the person who hates everyone, and then you can actually say, okay, well, if those are my options, I'm definitely rooting for the Spitfire. And that's that's what you want in this particular kind of match. I mean, provided that Becky wins and beats Charlotte on a, you know, on a Sunday. But when they, met, which they mentioned it, I was like, you have a perfect opportunity to get back to where you're supposed to be and have Charlotte versus Becky on Sunday. The winner of that match alone faces Ronda for the title at Mania. You could rate, you could retcon this whole thing and get back to it. Because when 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 she says if if Becky beats Charlotte, 
Becky is added to the match at Mania. She was expecting the crowd to go nuts, but the crowd doesn't want that, Stephanie. They want to see just Becky versus Ronda. And social media over the weekend was just, hey, Ronda and, and, and Becky are out here like going at it forever. Why do we even need Charlotte involved in this whole thing? So what Ronda did was then attack Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, put Becky Lynch in a pretty solid arm bar, and hit some stiff shots. Yep, yeah. And let me tell you what. She's been thinking on these stiff shots all week. Yeah, she has. If you've been thinking on your stiff shots all week, but they just aren't that snug, (laughs) they just aren't that stiff, and you want to make sure that maybe not yours, but your your partner's mount game is good. Blue Chew can help. That's right. Our friends at Blue Chew brings you the first chewable, the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, whether you're working or whether you want to shoot. You can take them anytime, day or night, hour one or hour three. Who cares? Even on a full stomach since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visit. No waiting at the pharmacy. You'll get your script. Your script of Blue Chew. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. You won't have to vacate your championship. You'll be holding that gold up high. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Let them know you heard about them from us at Get Blue Chew. On Twitter, stiff shots, Alex. Those were those are pretty nasty. They they were they were from uh, some very uh, stiff. The shots were stiff. You, you um, know what didn't help them being about three and a half minutes light on the show. <laughs> yeah, that, Not a secret to anybody who watched it, but I did no, get word they were way light on this show. They were yeah they were uh, they really were. Um, so. I love that they're like just having Becky get, you know, have her head stood on by Rhonda for like two straight minutes. And, and Charlotte, who again, doesn't mention the fact that her dad was like nearly murdered last week. Just, yeah. just out there wooing, but not at all concerned for her father's well-being. She's an she, ass, Alex. She, she totally is. Um, uh, but I loved like, okay, we have, we have like three minutes left. Quick, cut to backstage and have Char- Charlie Caruso improvise some questions and have Stephanie McMahon improvise some answers um, because that certainly did not feel like anybody had written a script for it. It was just generic things about stuff. Yeah. Uh, Rousey's beatdown was pretty good. It was a little sloppy, but hey, I think things like that probably should be. At first armbar, that's how you throw an armbar on. Whatever this weird bent elbow armbar she's been doing for months when she had the balls to complain about Becky Lynch's armbar, which is a legit hold. When she's been doing that weird crooked arm armbar, oh my God, it was it's not good. But um the <laughs> The armbar that she threw Becky in to begin yeah. was, was yeah. very good. And she had to sustain the beating. She had <laughs> she had to go and beat her up again because yeah. they were so light on time. Then they yeah. got to go, hey, Steph, go, Gorilla, go to Gorilla and talk about things for several minutes and then go a little heavy on that so we have to abruptly cut away. <laughs> that was good. That Charlie was in the middle of asking another question. They were like, whoops, out, we're out, we're out. That was wild, man. Uh, if you all, if you ever wondered what the, the benefits of the overrun, there you go. They did not ever have to worry about something like that. And it's been months, and they're still adjusting to it. And that, that's something that you don't see happen on SmackDown a lot. Like, you look at look at how they did the Kofi Kingston, AJ Styles, Randy Orton thing a couple weeks ago. That is a well-oiled crew over there that knows yeah. when to get the hell off the air. Whew. Well, we know when the hell to get off the air, and it's right about now. Yeah. But you guys can get more over at FightfulSelect.com. I have the Fightful Report podcast this week. I dropped a bonus Q&A show last week. Mr. Warren Hayes does a great show every week. 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK review. 
Uh, Steven Jensen has the Weekender, which reviews Impact, ROH, BTE, NWA, PWG this week. Lots of good stuff. Don't forget Kristen Ashley's The Division. It's the Women's Wrestling Podcast. That will be up on Fightful.com this week. But hey, me and Anna Bauer did a movie review for Fighting with our fam- or Fighting with My Family. And uh, looks like me and Anna on Fightful Select are going to be doing movie reviews. Uh, hopefully at least monthly we're able to do that or we can film a few at a time. So I'm very happy to have Anna uh, back in the fold at Fightful. Alex, what do you got going on between now and tomorrow? My uh, my daughter's going in for her two-year appointment uh, where she's going to get a whole bunch of shots. So that'll be fun because she's not crabby enough in the morning. So uh, I, I should I should be in a great mood by the end by tomorrow evening. Also, my Bucks lost for for an, uh, back-to-back games for the first time all season. It took them till March to do it, and they they got swept in the season series by the Phoenix Suns, who are the worst team in basketball. Hey, the, Bulls had, the Bulls had a fun game the other night. They did. It was awesome. Man, that was excellent. Hey, I'm, I'm liking the way that they're they're doing things right now. And if they get a decent free agent and, yeah. a, and a good pick, I'll yeah. be happy. Yeah. Uh, at least until Louisville gets a franchise. <laughs> Leaves the thumbs up, guys. That really helps out. Fightful. Subscribe. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.